Hey guys, time for a very special announcement. I'm very excited to introduce you all to Howl.fm. This is the best and most convenient way to listen to all episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused. It's on the web at Howl.fm and on the go with the brand new Howl app. You can stream and download all Happy, Sad, Confused episodes that have been released in the past six months with this, guys. And you can go beyond just the shows with behind-the-scenes photos, commentaries, and much more. Plus, if you want to upgrade to Howl Premium for only $4.99 a month, you'll get exclusive access to the entire Happy, Sad, Confused archive, every single episode going all the way back, and to all the Earwolf and Wolf Pop archives. This includes all episodes older than six months. Six months, All have been remastered, no ads on any of them. Plus, only with Hal Premium, you can listen to hundreds of hours of... WTF with Mark Marin, the gold standard guys, right? You can hear all the classic interviews with Robin Williams, Louis C.K., and so much more. Hal has also partnered with some of your favorite hosts and comedians to develop Howl Originals, brand new shows available only with Howl Premium. You really need to check it out. Check out great new series from Lauren Lapkus and the AV Club right now. Already, there are 10 brand new hilarious Howl Originals, and they are adding new shows every week. So get access to all this exclusive content both on your phone and on your desktop with Hal Premium for only $4.99 a month. And with the promo code HAPPY, you get a full month of a free trial. So go to Hal.fm, enter the code HAPPY at checkout, and you're off and running. Remember, you can use Hal on your phone or your computer, but you can only use my promo code on the Hal.fm website. Go to Hal.fm, that's H-O-W-L.fm. Um, and use the promo code HAPPY for one month free trial of premium. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz. This is my podcast. Those are your ears that you are listening to it with. Just clarifying the basics of this endeavor for the next 45, 50 minutes. Uh, apologies, this uh, this week's episode is a little bit late, um, but it's worth the wait. It's Jason Schwartzman, guys. The affable, the talented, the extremely hairy Jason Schwartzman. Uh, he is starring in a terrific new film called Seven Chinese Brothers. Um, the movie is not about seven brothers let alone Chinese ones. Uh, it's uh, actually an REM song uh, that has nothing to do with the film, but it's a cool title and it's a cool uh, little film that is actually available right now on iTunes. It's in some select cities also. Uh, you should check it out. It's uh, a very funny kind of slice of life character study of um, a guy named Larry, kind of a sad sack uh, down on his luck. Um, but but not necessarily vexed by it all. He's kind of cool with being down on his luck, uh, and he's played by Jason Schwartzman. And it's a it's a it's a cool little film directed by uh, uh, interesting indie filmmaker by the name of Bob Byington. The setup for this uh, conversation, just so you guys know, is um, as I tape this, this is Tuesday, so it'll go up Tuesday hopefully. But um, last night uh, I did one of these Apple Store Q and A's. They uh, the Apple Store here in New York um, is often very uh, kind enough to ask me to come by and do um, a live Q and A and have an audience, and they put it on iTunes. And you guys should totally check them out. It's called the Meet the Filmmakers series. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, and it's a lot of fun, uh, whether I'm hosting it or not. Anyway, they asked me to moderate this panel with Bob, the director of Seven Chinese Brothers, and Jason. And Jason was very kind enough to uh, come over to the office afterwards it was a little bit late it was a long day for him he is in the middle of production on the second season of mozart in the jungle the amazon series that jason has uh, co-created and is a writer and producer on uh, along with roman coppola and has an amazing cast from malcolm mcdowell to gail garcia bernal on down the line you should check that out too so anyway jason was super sweet he always has been he is definitely one of those guys. What you see is what you get. Um, and what you get is uh, a really cool guy who's inquisitive, sharp, um, funny, uh, and just all around kind and, and, and a good guy, legitimately a good guy. I've never heard anybody say a bad word and I would, I would 
think if you do say a bad word about Jason Schwartzman, you're a bad person yourself there. I said it. Um, anyway, uh, Seven Chinese Brothers, check that out. As for stuff outside of the podcast, you guys have been asking me a lot on Twitter. I tweeted about this last week. I uh, was in Los Angeles. I did a fun, uh, really cool kind of sketch shoot with the stars of Mockingjay Part 2, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson, and Liam Hemsworth. Um, we have to sit on that for a little while, a few more weeks. It's not all in our control, guys. Calm down. Um, but when you when you see it, you'll you'll enjoy it. I think Jennifer does something in the course of this bit that uh, she has never done before. I would venture to say, and you've never seen her do before. And I think I think it will shock you and amuse you to no end. So I look out for that on MTV's um, YouTube page, on MTV's After Hours page. Um, and a lot of other cool things happening. The Toronto Film Festival gets underway next week. I'll be over there for that. Um, I'll be tweeting relentlessly about that. Apologies in advance. But that's always a fun one because there's so many good films and great talent there. So uh, I've actually been seeing a lot of films that are going to be screened at the Toronto Film Festival next week. This week, films I can't talk about. But, but some pretty good stuff. Um, God, there's so many films I want to tell you about, but I'm not allowed to talk about them. But uh, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it soon enough. Um, enough of me teasing you guys. Let's just get right to the main event. Mr. Jason Schwartzman, the very hairy. We talk about his beard. It's insane. I don't know. This guy, he puts us all to shame. All men. All wannabe men. Uh, enjoy uh, my conversation with Jason. I love your Ghostbusters too. Yeah, that was in the old ones. You saw that, right? Yeah, but I don't Maybe remember it actually. You don't? Does it make an impression on you? I don't. That was not there. I don't think, to be honest. I feel it's somewhat intimidated because Jason and I have just been talking about podcasts, and now we're, we've launched into the, our own little podcast. The child. The, the child? child. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're doing Peter McNichol. <laughs> the child. Okay. Yes, where where are you from? The Upper West Side. <laughs> The baby, so cute. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, no, thank you. Oh, for, we started. We're started. We started. Already. Oh we started. God. We're going. Can you tell my official voice? Is there any difference between official Josh and other Josh? Can you that you can tell? No, it's seamless. Amazing. Yeah, but you, on the other hand, you put your pants on. Feel it? No, I said literally. I saw you literally yeah. just put your pants on. Yeah. And well. and now you're a big boy. Yep, these are the big boy these pants. Are, these are your podcast big boy yep, pants. They are. Um, I feel, I feel non-stretchy. I feel somewhat guilty. Okay. Because I feel like you were very sweet to say yes to doing the podcast. We just did a little mm -hmm. Apple Store Q and A for mm -hmm. Seven mm -hmm. Chinese Brothers. Mm -hmm. Great filmmaking, great piece of work from you and Bob Byington. Thank you. Um, but like, you're a busy guy. You're, you're doing your Mozart in the Jungle thing. You've got you've got kids. It's late on a Monday night as we tape this. I are you heard okay? That yeah, I'm okay. I'm great. I, I heard that you wanted to talk, and so I. Th yes, up for you, absolutely. That's very sweet of you. It's, do not do not waste another moment thinking about anything. I'm not. This is why I'm busy. <laughs> this is more important. No, than... This is why I'm busy. I'm here because <laughs> to talk to you. Uh, well, it's good to see. You're you. awesome. You've always been so kind to me. So well, you've always of been... course, like uh, I don't. It's not. Please. Don't be uh, ridiculous. Okay, fine. Um, it's very nice of you. So how's, how's it's very nice of you to feel bad? <laughs> well, Don't I'm, feel bad though. That's, that's me. I feel bad. Do you have natural guilt? Do you, what uh, do you what's want? That one. Which one? Which that's, thing? That volleyball. This is a promotional item for Last Man on Earth. Have you seen Last Man on I Earth? I love it. Are you kidding me? It was like my favorite show last it's year. Great, it's mine too. I love it deeply. <laughs> um, I've grown a beard out just in case they need. Um, they <laughs> need. They need someone. Or just like another person living somewhere. Can we talk about the beard? Because sure. I, I was considering shaving today or mm -hmm. yesterday. I mentioned mm -hmm. to my wife, I was like, I'm going to see Jason. Yeah. And I think he's got a crazy ass beard right uh -huh. now. Uh -huh. And I feel like, I mean, I'm not going to compare to his beard, but yeah. I feel like I should just like show him. Yeah. There are other guys that can do it too. Right. That yeah. can, he's not mm -hmm. the only fish in the sea. So that's the background behind my fucked up brain. Uh -huh. um, just so you know. Mm -hmm. What's I like the... that you said the background behind. <laughs> It's the background behind. I fucked up brain. Sorry, I keep going. What's what's the what, why why do you have the beard? Because you're 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 in producer writer mode right now. Yeah, well, mode, I actually, you? well, I had this beard because um, I'm Jonathan Ames, who I worked with on the show Bored to Death, has a new show, um, Blunt Talk. Yep. And um, and it's really great. 
and he asked if I would be in that show. And so some of the later episodes, um, I'm in them, and the character has facial hair and required more and more facial hair as the episodes went on. Right. Um, and so when, anyway, when I finished, there was a little bit of um, just... Well, at first I kept it for a little while in case I needed to reshoot anything. Sure. And then there was just a little bit of, well, I'm, I've come this far. Right. And um, Is this as big as it's f- ever been? Or is no, this... it's been bigger. Really? Yeah. For wh- wh- which role? Just for just life. For... I just took it. Actually, it was much bigger a little while ago, but just took it down. But it's never as big as the other guys. You know, you think you got a good-sized beard, and then you walk into a clothing store, and there's some guy with a much bigger beard looking at some jackets that you would be looking right. at. Do you feel, because I feel like when mine starts to grow, I feel like unclean. I feel like it's a little right. like, do you well, feel that? There apparently was a big article about this um, un- uncleanliness and beards, but then I heard it was debunked. <laughs> I don't want to go into it because it's disgusting, <laughs> but you can look it up. But uh, I do feel like it's sometimes, yeah. You know how I know I feel how I feel like it's dirty? Because it's dirty. Because when it's clean, it feels clean. Right. So when I get out of the shower, I go, God, this thing feels great right now. Right. So it must not feel great sometimes in order to feel that good. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, over the course of the day, I mean, you shake some hands and, you know, the face is a place where we do a lot of handwork. <laughs> and like up here and you sit there, you think, you go yeah. into the thinker pose or you're, so it's, inevitably it it, right. it goes and then, but, you know, the truth is our skin has, you know, is going to hold on to just as many disgusting things as, as your beard. You, you've rationalized this. You've thought about this. Yeah, I have to because I'm, <laughs> I'm getting attacked left and right. Do you, All it, the cat calls. Because <laughs> um, you're many things, I feel like, but you're not necessarily, I, I have to guess that you weren't, I, well, you tell me, like in high school, were you like, did you feel like the alpha male? Were you like the, like, the, like the guy's guy because I feel like this isn't asserting your guyness. No. This is, yeah. this, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is proving once and for all, well, back off, I'm, I'm a man. Well, it's not true. <laughs> it, it, yeah, if only. But, um, well, in high school, no, I was not the alpha male, but I, my school was small enough that, like, you, you, you could be friends with many social groups at one time. Right. Um, I had friends that went to Bigger schools where it really becomes subdivided and like, those are the jocks. Right. Those are the th- and you really it mattered what, you know, system you found yourself in. Whereas my school was small enough that, you know, there were some musicians that were also on the football team, um, that kind of a situation. Right. Um, it was a terrible football team, and they were terrible musicians. Sort of like pick one, but um, <laughs> but um, I uh, but I was never like uh, alpha male. Was it was it a big? Uh, you grew up in L.A. Mm-hmm. Was it a big acting community there? Like in the school, was this like wannabe or potential oh. actors and stuff in the school? Um, there, there's another school in L.A. called Crossroads, right? That has a real like pedigree of actors and just theater and all around. It's just like a, it's like. The, it's just like a super high school for right. just super. Thinkers is that like they like they like the Jake Gyllenhaal and like he Jonah went to Hill. Harvard Westlake. Oh, okay, Jonah went to. I don't know. I'm so ignorant of these. But things. um, it's all the same. my school was not like it was a liberal arts like kind of place. I yeah. mean, it was like, um, but it, um, and we had a good theater program, but it wasn't like I don't know if at that time it was on the level of those other ones. I think now it actually is quite. Oh, yeah, it's kind of stepped up on so many levels athletically academically, right. theatrically. But um, no, but it was an awesome school and we had great, like, yeah, we had good plays, really good plays. And were you doing plays then? No, before, I was... Before Rushmore, were you doing... No, I wanted to do plays. I, My mom, um, who acts as an actor, um, loves theater, like, deeply. She's a real thespian. And um, with a capital th... <laughs> and she... Um, She's like big time, you know, and so w- when I was nine, she met a guy who was doing a theater festival um, in Europe, and it was like in a small, small, small town in Italy, 
And, but one, he had invited all of these playwrights from different countries, 12 different countries, right. to come to the small village and put on plays in their native tongues. And I went, she brought me with her, she got invited, we went, and it was mesmerizing. And I fell in love with, like, the performance, just watching these performers, it was so moving. And I, and then the next summer, um, she, the same gentleman, um, worked at this place, the Eugene O'Neill Center, which sure. was in Connecticut, which is a place for writers and actors to come and workshop. And anyways, it, uh, I was 10 at that time, and she... Um, we went out for this like three weeks to Connecticut and stayed at the Eugene O'Neill, like right near the campus of it. And I just got totally into it. And, um, yeah, I loved it, but I, I didn't want to be an actor. I didn't think I could be an actor, right. but I had some like lofty idea that I would be like, I could, I want, I, I just felt like this is a great, this is great. This is a great, the, the camaraderie I loved. Yeah. I think that's really more than anything. Like it's like, ah, everyone seems to be helping each other. What was and what was your own relationship to? I mean, your mom. For those that don't know, I mean, has had a storied uh, acting career. I mean, and you know, you, you start with something like the Rocky films and Godfather films. Yeah. That's enough to for any resume, and yeah. she's done a lot more than that. But like, what was your relationship to those films when you were a kid? Because she was still doing like yeah. Rocky films and Godfather yeah. three, probably when you were ten, twelve, exactly. something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, like, did you appreciate them? Did that? Did it feel like, oh God, these are tearing mom away from me? Uh-huh. Did it feel? Hmm, good question. Well, honestly, when I was little, I didn't. Um, I didn't. My mom's very. She's a like I say. She's a real, you know, actor's actor, but is not into Hollywood as a thing. Right. And though we lived in L.A., she was very much like, kind of like on guard about it and she's also a very shy person and not a real like like she's not super social like yeah um and um you know growing up in the 80s it was weird because she would like we'd go out and people would say yo adrian to her right and it just like i could see her not like she you know she was a very appreciative but i saw her kind of tighten she, up yeah it just wasn't her type yeah, of yeah it's not her yeah. thing and um and i remember thinking like why do they all call her this name yeah. um, and she explained one day that she had acted and you know because she didn't take us to film sets really and stuff um, so it wasn't until I was a little bit later and then um, I saw the, the Rocky and I think it was a very weird feeling for sure I think also it's weird to see another man kiss your mom right <laughs> let alone uh, Sylvester Stallone exactly um, <laughs> and it just was like that probably was like if I think about it, the thing that took me off guard the most, like, whoa, what's that? Do you, do you see yourself in her performances ever? Like when you when you see any of her films, do you ever see a little bit of yourself in that? That's a good, another great one. God damn. Yes. Are those written on your volleyball? Yeah. Where are you getting these from? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's in the thing between my ears. Coming out hanging. Well, you know. And then swinging. Um, it's coming out I, hanging? Uh, you're coming out hanging. <laughs> Get ready. Um, I no, I don't. Um, no, I don't. To be honest, no, because also I haven't seen any of those movies in a long time. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, she's my mom. I see her. She comes to my house. She'll do something, and I'm like, that seems like that's a mistake I would make. Right. That's sometimes what I'll think. Like, she'll like knock something over, and I'll be. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see where I classic Schwartzman. I see where I see <laughs> classic me. <laughs> so um, when we were talking before tonight at our official Apple Store event, yeah. you mentioned some some films that 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 were influential to you, yes. and and I've known this for a while since talking to you for for yeah. several years now that you've got impeccable film taste. It's not true. What are you talking about? Oh, it's not true, dude. You mentioned you, you name checked Three Amigos, which is kind of a perfect movie the in best. its own way. Well, um, why do you say thinks think so? I do. But do, well, do I, other people feel that way? I think so. Well, look, honestly, we're, I'm a little older than you, but yeah. so clearly I'm a little bit more immature because it's <laughs> at different points. But yeah. it hit me at that right time. I know another yeah. one that you've mentioned before, which I think pound for pound is probably the best comedy of all time. What is it? It's Young Frankenstein. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's kind of one the of perfect the movie. One of the best. Um, what was the other one you mentioned tonight? Wait, you mentioned... Uh, Heartworn Highways? That I don't know. Country That's a doc. music documentary. Okay. Incredible. Um, 
There was another comedy I feel like you mentioned. Oh, A New Leaf. Oh, A New Leaf. Uh, Elaine May. May. Great. That's a great one. That's Classic. a great one. That is a great one. So that's clearly one you came to a little bit later. I know I did. Yeah, like, it wasn't available for a long time. I remember right. like... That was one of those like infamous ones that just yeah. wasn't on any yeah. VHS or DVD, yeah. right? It wasn't. It was on VHS. I got it on VHS, but then I never... I didn't have the ability to then transfer it. So I just had it on VHS. <laughs> it never really... Um, but a friend of mine and I watched it on on his VHS player. And, uh, and then it came out a few years ago on DVD. Yeah. And it was exciting just because... It's so great. It's so funny. She has such a, a unique, like, really no one, like, she has, a, a, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not, I'm not like, not like <laughs> guys, original. check out Elaine May. You, you gotta check this out. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, obviously, she's a legend, but um, it's just, it's really exciting, like, to be able to buy it for people. Right. What about, you know? uh, what are your thoughts? This is controversial. Okay. Like like my Ghostbusters 2 poster. I hate me. controversial. I know you do. Um, I find Ishtar actually a decent movie. Speaking of Elaine May. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. <laughs> Honesty and popular don't go hand in hand. If you can admit that you can play, play the accordion, accordion, no one will hire you, you in a rock, rock and roll, roll band. band. Because we can sing our hearts out. <laughs> You're, you have a greater talent in this area it. than me. It's pretty good. It. Charles Grodin. Another Charles the, Grodin. The Blind Camel. Great Charles Grodin. Ugh. Amazing in that movie. When they're eating that food with their fingers. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is, but I want it. <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, it gets a bad A great rap. movie. Well, I think, again, we were... I saw that movie when it came out, but I think that it... It's like 87, I want to yeah. say, so... But when you're a kid, you don't know... Yeah, you don't know... The backstory of things, and I guess... Nowadays, we know, like... We know a movie before it's, like... Yeah. Like, they're thinking of it. Yeah. They're going to do it. But now... Like, but that one, obviously, if you were in the know, at the time was... It was clouded in a lot of... It was a... Yeah, it was a... It was a huge yeah. flop, as yeah. they say. What, so what but was... I love that movie. There's nothing... Um, Isabella Johnny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A forgotten, sadly forgotten actress, yeah, I feel. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she, I think, feel like she showed her boobs at one point. That made an impact as, a, as a young, as she a, did. I was 11, she so did. that made an impact, as I recall. No, she showed one. <laughs> there was one, one boob. Just to clarify it, for you kids out there that are looking it up. It's just one. You just get one boob. But I love that movie. Uh, in fact, just not to sound braggy, but for the for those of you who like this movie, too, when I made a movie and... Um, Dustin Hoffman was in that movie. Yes. And I was very nervous around him. And at a certain point, when I felt that courage, I sang that song to him. And uh, he sang with me. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> it was a big moment for me. Did you also do the um, the Three Amigos shake for uh, for Steve Martin? That's probably a bad idea. No, but I told him I loved it. Yeah? And I, after I said that, I well, what happened was that I uh, was going to... to he was making the movie Shop Girl, and I, he had like the approval of who was gonna go in, be in the movie. And I remember going to meet him, freaked out. And I, I had just, I remember the last two things I was thinking were, it's not you, it's him. <laughs> Meaning, if he doesn't laugh, it's not your fault. Right. Maybe he just doesn't get you. Right. But that wasn't. I don't know. That was. That's not true. It was just like weird, like. Yeah, you were just trying to rationalize, trying to get yourself in a decent headspace, yes, even if it made like, no sense. Exactly. Trying to get bulletproof. <laughs> but the other thing I was thinking was, don't tell him that you like Three Amigos. Don't tell him you yeah. like Three Amigos. Don't tell... And then when I sat down, the first thing I said was, <laughs> I'm sorry, just really quickly before we talk, I just want to tell you how much I love Three Amigos. And um, he said, oh, thank you. It was terrible. I literally <laughs> broke within two seconds. Uh, but that movie, no, it's like you, I saw it a million yeah. times. Randy so, Newman is one of the screenwriters. That's right. That's right. And Lauren Michaels, I, I think. I know. Right? Strange, yeah. Um, so, okay. I know we're jumping all around. We're scattered tonight, but that's okay. Okay. Um, so. This doesn't feel that scattered. No? It has a it has a through line. Really? Yep. Us. Where are we going to end? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this is so quintessentially us, isn't it? It's so uh, classic. <laughs> um, so, so Rushmore, the stories have been told many times of, of mm-hmm. how you got it, et cetera. But what I'm curious about. Well, we were just talking about kind of like idol worship and getting over that a little yeah. bit, right, with Steve and, and starting out a career working with Bill Murray as your primary mm-hmm. co-star is an insane prospect, yes. you know, way into the surreal. For many reasons, I mean, Bill is not your typical actor or presence in any respect. Mm-mm. How did he treat you? And did he, was there like a paternal kind of thing going on? Did he feel mm-hmm. like... 
were you just another one of the guys to him or what, what was the nature of that relationship mm, i think that um you know it really became like a thing where he he really was he, very helpful to me yeah and um you know bill really is like a he does have a lot of knowledge about so many things and he enjoys like teaching yeah i think in a weird way um but in the beginning you know it was, i was nervous and i think he was just getting his footing and stuff but then um no it became like amazing i mean if not for he and wes i would not have made it through the experience i feel like they were yeah. like um wes really took me under his wing like literally like devoted all of his time to, to helping me through it like just having dinner with me every night and talking me through the script every day and and bill was just like every day on set just yeah helpful to me just always encouraging and saying you know it might help you or like very nice i feel like i feel like in my limited experience with him and i got a chance to which was amazing i was at comic-con this past year and i got to moderate the panel for his new movie oh uh, rock the casbah how was how was that fun it was amazing. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was freaking amazing because he. Oh my gosh! I saw his, the pictures of him. Right, he came in character, yeah. and and of course nobody knew what was going to happen until he like came backstage ten minutes before and just huddled with me and Mitch Glazer and just sort of like we all talked out what it was going to be and I think he he from my limited. What is the character? It's kind of like an old um, music manager, like a has been kind of like a he. Is he like a way he talks and stuff? He doesn't really have an affectation, like an right, odd, like, right. it's not like that kind of thing. But it's 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 a perfect Bill Murray kind of role. Oh, my gosh. Um, have you seen the movie? Yeah, it's good. Don't tell me about it. Okay. okay. But um, but I guess my point is, like, I feel like he puts he, he puts the blocks up around all the artifice. Like, he can't, you know, much better than <laughs> I do. But, like, he's know. not into the publicists and the agents and the mm-hmm. studio and all that crap. He just, like, he's much more li- likely, I feel, to, like, relate to just like the you know the the teamster that walks up to mm-hmm. him um and i don't know if that's a reaction just of like dealing with celebrity over the years or yeah, what but know. no it's true he has um yeah he well he can hang with anybody right so i guess that's what you mean and i think yeah. that's true it's like he's just like he's a badass he is and he he knows it yeah he knows <laughs> it, but he's also not he he knows it and he's like He's a, like a super badass, but he also is. Well, he wields his power well. He doesn't. He, he does. He's, right. He's he's generous and yeah. he helps people. So so out of Rushmore, was did you get like a lot of opportunity? Did you feel like this is like at what point did you feel like I'm an actual actor? I'm a working actor versus like I got this crazy once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. I kind of won the Good lottery question. or something. Well, I feel well after Rushmore, I went right back to high school. Right. And. I really did think it was a one-off thing. I didn't have an oops, I didn't have an agent or anything like that and um I I truly just thought that was very strange. Yeah. And um there wasn't a lot I went literally just like school and my band. Um and then it came out and I remember like getting I got an agent and you know you start to like audition for things and do that but it was still so strange to me because it really was like so yeah it took a while to feel i mean i don't i only recently feel like when i were i'd done like two or three movies last year it's like oh i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm this is consistent this is a real thing kind of i mean but it's still we were saying earlier it's like this notion of like actors feeling they never are going to work again, like it's a terrible feeling and it is sort of a true feeling. Yeah. Especially nowadays with everything changing so much, um, like media and stuff. But yeah, it wasn't, I mean, you know, I worked, um, and I was trying to ma- I was trying to be, I was in my band, Phantom Planet. Sure. And working and I was really trying, I thought I can really do both of these things. And I feel like I really did do both of them. I was able to work, um, and tour and stuff. And honestly, my band, I just, it ended not because I wanted to act, just because that ended. Right. And um, maybe at that point, things, maybe it became just like all I did. Right, right, right. That so focus. Perhaps that was it, but I still don't ever, I never really felt like, yeah, I look at actors, like other actors, and I think that's an actor. Mm-hmm. Or like that's what an actor working in Hollywood 
is and does, and they seem different than me. Well, uh, speaking of Phantom Planet, did you notice or did they tell you about the, the OC musical that was staged last night? No, but I heard about... I don't about... know if they used your, Where your was tunes. This? I think it was in LA. Some oh. of the cast was there. Well, I know I read about that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> that must follow you around to a... That song? Yeah. Um, well, in a good way. I mean, yeah, I love okay. that. I love, I'm proud that we got to write that song and... It's weird that we got to have it then became a theme song. It's funny because it wasn't written for the show. I was going to say, yeah. It was its own song and then it was, be, became a theme song, which I feel like nowadays that doesn't happen as much, right? Right. Songs are like composed for the thing. Yeah. Well, it's it's a totally different. I mean, I, I miss all the cheesy just intros to shows. Those don't even exist. I feel like the, the, oh. the, the credit squeezes and all that. There's like no you credits know, to any show. Thick wrote so many of those songs. That's right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's true. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> Um, wait, so speaking of which, okay, super random and jumping around, but Mozart the Jungle, I'm fascinated by this new kind of avenue for your career. It's not uh-huh. totally new. Obviously, you co-wrote Darjeeling, but... But it's very, it feels new. Does it feel new? Uh-huh. Because, yeah, like right now you're spending, for the second time in a, in a couple of years, an uh, extended period of time here in New York mm-hmm. in production on the show as yeah. a producer, as a writer. Yes. Um, does it feel like this is like, how did I, like, this is a totally new job? Fuck yes. Really? Absolutely. Also because... I don't um, watch a ton of television. I I love, I watch a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I think it's because of MTV, actually, that I didn't develop the the thing to stay with something for a long amount of time. Like, I prefer to watch, like, in high school and stuff, prefer to watch music videos or 120 Minutes or Alternative Nation or just weird, all those types of things. And... um, I did. I watched sitcom. I watched like Mr. Belvedere, and stuff like that. The good stuff. The good stuff. I I watched that. The good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then, but I never got into like a show. Right. Um. I and I just don't know why. But so it's very awkward that I, you know, have this opportunity, which it didn't come quickly. It was a weird thing. It it was about like almost eight years that I was telling people about this idea of doing a show about classical music. And I just would say, like, that would be a fun show. That would be a fun show. But it only recently happened. Um, and uh, it's, but it, yeah, it's very weird. And it's, it's tremendously, it's so exciting. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not- really fun. I mean, it's such a, like, it's, uh, it's, I do not undervalue how insanely lucky I am. I mean, not a lot of people get a chance to write something and make it. And, you know, we're doing it and it's, so crazy. I mean, that's like, I think that's constantly, that's a driving force of what's happening. Yeah. It's like, and there's a lot of crazy deadlines and new drafts and just a lot of work. But I think the only way actually that I am getting through it is because I feel like this is crazy that this is happening. Right. Well, it must be a constant sort like a gas to see like, oh my God, I mean, in a different way than what you, what the acting, but like something I wrote yesterday is coming out of the mouths of Malcolm McDowell, for God's sakes, like yeah, some of the greatest know, actors on, know, on the planet. Insane. Well, yeah, Malcolm McDowell's in the show, and I was, yeah, that that happened recently. We were watching this. Um, we have a scene this year with Malcolm McDowell and Wally Shawn, and I was watching this, going like, "This is crazy." Yeah, I mean, these are two people that I love yeah. and think are so amazing. I cannot believe they're saying these words. Like these words, they should. They should just forget these words and come up with something better that's sort of about the same thing. <laughs> that's kind of like how I feel, you know, like they, like what business they've said, like these guys have done plays and yeah. movies and spoken great, the words of great writers. And I mean, I'm happy they're doing our show, <laughs> but I also feel like, God, I feel, oh, I feel terrible. Poor Wallace, he's sunk Poor to Wallace. me. Oh, man. <laughs> From Louis Mal to me. Yeah, the hell, I feel just terrible. It's like... But um, no, it's uh, it's crazy, but it's it's really fun. And like you say, there's a there's and there's a there's, there's a you're typing it up, and you know it's going to be yeah. made um, next week or the week after. Like you better finish. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy the deadline quality of it. Is the is the writing process? I mean, beyond just the deadline and the and just the frequency of it, much different than Darjeeling felt. Did Darjeeling feel like a strange kind of one off in that way? Because yeah, well, it was that with was, Wes and that Roman. was really Wes. Like he was the team captain, kind of like navigating us through this this process. And um, you know, he had the initial idea for it, and so we just spent. But we spent two years working on it. Yeah. Um. Just at a, a much more, like you know, 
just all day long, a lot, all the time, working and working and working on one thing. Right. And um, this is a bit more like, um, I mean, you're thinking about this, thinking about it, thinking about it, but then at a certain point, you have to write it, and then it's gone. Right. It's so just it's a weird thing. Like, yeah. it's just the time is strange. So um, we were talking tonight. I mean, we should do some... Uh, some plugging for Seven Chinese Brothers, which, oh, as yeah. I said, is, is 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 a is a fine piece of work. I mean, talk to me a little bit about, you know, the, the nature of your career. It sounds like it's like you were talking before earlier tonight when we were discussing kind of like the arc of a career. Like mm-hmm. some jobs come about four days in advance. Some, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, how did this? Was this one in the making for a while? Did no, it, not really. I mean, yeah, it's there are like a few actors in the world that can get a movie made, right? Those actors can choose out, like they can choose their career. It's like GPSing yeah. your career. Like it's like I would like to do this, I would like to do yeah. that. I'll like do, do my that. superhero movie then, then yeah. like four months in the yeah. West End then, and it's then I'll very, do. <laughs> yeah, it's very like yeah, and it's awesome. Um, I've been a bit, a bit more of a situation where you you gotta like be aggressive and have ideas, and there are things like I know that I would like to try and do, and you pursue them, but because the business is so weird. Like, you could go off it. If you just went in one direction only looking for something, it might not be there. Yeah. So you have to also have this, like, I'm sort of, like, up for, you have to kind of be flexible in a way. Yeah. I don't know what the word is, but, you know, I, and I don't want it to seem like it's, like, well, like lollygagging. Like, yeah. well, whatever happens, happens. That's not it at all. It's just that you have to, like, be available to any new experience. Yeah. And, like, um, this movie, The Overnight, that I did... Like, I didn't know about that movie literally until, like, basically before we did it. Yeah. Um, it just happened in a very strange way. And I think you just said, like, the fun part of this job is to be open to things that just kind of come out of nowhere. But um, but everything else is, like, you know, you think about it, you're looking for it, like, and you pursue things, yeah. like, um, and you go for things. Uh, and, well, but our movie, this movie, Seven Chinese Brothers... Uh, I met Bob Byington, and uh, I loved his movie, Somebody Up There Likes Me. I really was interested in it. He kind of seems offended when I talk about why I liked it, but <laughs> I liked it because it was kind of a slow comedy. Okay. Um, I feel like He doesn't like the of, slow part or well, the comedy he part? he thinks it's fast. He's like, it's 77 minutes. I'm like, but still, it feels ponderous. I have to say, um, I do. I, I enjoyed that movie, too. Yeah. I do love that both of these films are they're in and out they work they're they, like they, are, they feel yeah, they're fast you know that's but i'll tell you though within them like a lot of movies that i see and like comedies are very fast paced and line yes. line 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 and not a lot of them like will have extended scenes of characters not talking yeah and walking around and just sort of like thinking yeah. i guess or not thinking but just walking and um that's what i when i saw some of your likes me i was like oh that i like that idea it's interesting to to make a movie in that style um that has like a slowed down right tempo but in the context of a comedy to hang with someone exactly right to, to sort hang of with like, someone to like to see their behavior yeah exactly and so that was what was interesting and then when bob was talking about this movie um it was exciting he's you know he wrote the movie in 2001 um and so it's been a long wow. time coming for him but for me it was like uh like a year and a half Got it. I guess of just kind of like, is it going to happen? It's going to happen. Yeah. And then um, we made it very quickly in Austin, and I loved, I loved, it. I loved working on the movie. It was really fun. It was a very unusual way to work. So you talk about being aggressive in a certain way, and certainly co-creating something like Mozart in the Jungle is certainly being aggressive. Uh-huh. I mean, what? Where else does that manifest? Like, are you trying? Are you? Is that? Are you talking about writing? Or are you talking about like? talking to team Schwartzman saying, I want to see all the scripts on my desk tomorrow or, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, basically, I mean, do you do do like the meetings with the filmmakers that you admire, that kind of thing? Well, my, my, you mean a little of everything that maybe you've mentioned, but not in a, like, I think basically aggressive by aggressive. I mean, thinking and having like an opinion about what you would like to do. Right. Um, instead of just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. So, cause I think that when you are talking and thinking about things, it, it propels, it moves something forward in a way. Right. Um, 
and yeah, all of those things that you mentioned. But um, I mean, one thing I've taken from doing this show is like trying to write more. I mean, I've, I, I hadn't like written a lot and writing and just writing so much yeah. that it's really, it's fun. And it's, you know, obviously it's, it's ridiculously hard and <laughs> you are deleting a lot. But um, one thing I could be better about is writing because I don't write a lot. Like in, if I'm not, if I, did, if I didn't, wasn't working on this show, yeah. I wouldn't probably be writing as much as I now would like to. Are, are you and, and like Roman just like in a room together? How do you, how do you work? Yeah, we sit in a room, we sit in a room together and um, we work on like, he usually works on, like we work on, we'll work on two one episode but like i'll work on one section he'll work on another okay and then we'll trade like we'll email each other the other thing next to each other and then i'll work on what he was just working on and got it like so it's not like okay i need a i need a funny line here i need a verb here it's like that if we're next to each other if i'll be like what's this waves but the roman's really good at like a certain thing and i'm not really good at a certain thing but a different thing i'm kind of good at right and we'll just sit there and kind of work next to each other and we kind of like share yeah. scenes and just kind of go back and forth. By the way, you mentioned The Overnight, which you know I'm a huge fan of. Yes. When we were coming over here tonight, I noticed I got an email invite to some kind of um, art exhibit of uh, butthole paintings for The Overnight. You're kidding. I swear to God. I'll show you the email. What happened? I don't know. Who is this? This is, this is promoting your movie on DVD, I'm sure. Really? I'll find it. Shit. Wait, let's see. I have The Last Blackberry known to man. The Last Blackberry on Earth. It's a really sad spin-off of The Last Man on Earth. Wait, I had it. I was going to show it to you. I lost it. Now I look like a liar. Oh, wait. You're invited. The Overnight Butthole Paintings Gallery debut. Where? Friday, September 4th at Meltdown. This is in Los Angeles. I'm not going to make it. Friday, September 4th at Meltdown. Yeah. Adam Scott's going to be there. Meltdown Comics. He's pretty cool. Uh, Private showing of the portal paintings from the movie. You should get one of those paintings, man. Those are amazing. (sighs) Wow. Did not know about that. <laughs> you really need to. Well, you're you're in your little Someone, Mozart. Someone's not seeing me. <laughs> Shit. No, it's gonna be okay. That'll be fun, though. I bet. That's good. I love those paintings. Movie. Are it was so cool because, um, yeah, um, I see of Carrie Russell on your list. She's so People, sweet. You know, Carrie Russell is a. I love Carrie Russell. Right. Uh, I love Carrie Russell. From afar or personally. Both. I mean, I. From. Well, I think she's really great, like actor. I love and I like the Americans. Americans, um, good, yeah. But I also I and then I happen to meet her. Yeah, and she's like so nice, Coolest, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I see her name there, and it it exudes a shining light. <laughs> of, it's, it's unlike the other names on the dry Yeah, you board. see that? Wow, you hate you hate that guy. Yep. And the other one. Yep. And that- I do love Paul Dano. Paul Dano's the best. So, um... I love Paul Dano. Who else? Who else do you like here? Well, uh, so many. I mean, just, just for reference, Jason's looking at my, 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 my yeah. board of New Yorkers that I... Justin Long is a really great mimic. He is. He, did, he was on the podcast and he did a bunch yeah. of impressions. Really, well, he, he did a good Rockwell. Being oh, another great... Oh, Sam Rockwell, incredible. <laughs> I love him. Galaxy Quest. I mean, come on. They're going to do a TV series. I heard. What do you think about that? I heard. I don't know. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> why not? Why not try? I guess. Right. Uh, so did you? He's ha- amazing. I mean, he has done so many great performances, and um, Rockwell. Oh, both of them. Oh Justin too. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. But yeah, and Rockwell, and then Emily Mortimer, of course, is great. Well, I'm gonna. You know, I have to send you Ethan Hawke, the fucking explorers. <laughs> that movie. His first movie. Mind. That's where I learned about baklava. I don't even. It's been a while. Well, Did they River Phoenix's it? mom in the movie makes Wolf. He plays a character Wolfgang. Yeah, Wolfgang eats baklava. Right. So they always give like. She's like, "Would you like some baklava?" <laughs> and Oscar Isaac, of course. He's pretty good. He's a fucking king. Um, He's amazing. The last time I, I got Sam and Justin together for a sketch, mm-hmm. and um, Justin played the devil. Wow. In full on. Uh, costume and he was exceptional. It was amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so, so what are you doing after Mozart? Do you know? Uh, uh-uh. back I'm, to LA. I assume back to LA and yeah. then no, nothing. I mean, I'll 
work on the finalizing the episodes. Yeah. It's really fun. It's I really enjoy it. It's truly a strange experience and um, one that I didn't expect to be doing. And so I'll just be working on that. And it's really fun, too, because do the sound stuff for the show is really fun. So oh, yeah. in a room and just like think there could be a car going by here. and you're, like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I don't. I never thought I'd get to be like in a real sound mix for a movie. Sure. And so, then, uh, yeah, that's it. So it would uh, with my family is is um and they're here in New York I they're assume. Here, yeah. So how how are you feeling about now? you're you're born and bred Los Angeles guy. You're I you're am. like you're like Bizarro Josh. I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> we, here we sit on different sides of the country oh with our competing beards. I know. I know. Um yeah, yeah we come together. We're 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 alters. Um Alter Josh. Do you do you feel do you feel comfortable here? You were you were wearing yes. your you're wearing your parka out in the at the Q&A earlier so I feel like LA has thinned your blood to a degree that you can't take the 90 it's it's like 90 degrees out. I know. Dude. So I mean well, it's more that I just, it's the air conditioning. Right. That's what Your two I'm, conditions. That's why I'm wearing the parking. Okay. That's why I'm wearing the parka, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the cold. Right. You go inside the rooms, it's freezing. Right. I don't like it. You're the guy in charge. You can tell them to turn down the, the can't AC. Tell, can't tell them to turn down the nest. <laughs> is that what it is at the Apple Store, the nest? Oh, at the Apple Store, got yeah, it. Yeah, I can't tell the Apple Store to turn it down. Right, right, right. Um, I don't like to do that. I won't tell, tell them to do that. So when are you gonna? When are you gonna feel like? When, when are you gonna direct? I feel like that's inevitable. You're I directed gonna, one. Did you? I directed an episode of uh, the show the, for this coming season. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Congrats. One. It was amazing. Thank you. How was you. that? Incredible. Yeah. Frightening, but incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I've never been in that position ever, and uh, it was so fun. It was really fun. It was the only the. I think the hardest thing this doesn't oh my god you have a willow comic book <laughs> it's it's autographed by val kilmer mad mortigan do you see what he wrote peck, peck, peck. wow amazing i mean pretty badass um what were we talking oh you're directing did oh. you have the temperament because you're such like you're, oh i you're... loved it i love it the only thing that's hard is trying to figure out like everybody is different yeah. in terms of when they would like to talk to you about what they're doing. Right. And some people would like it earlier and some people would like it later. And that's that I was like trying to figure out like, should I approach? Is now a good time? Do you right. want to talk about this? And sometimes people want to talk about it and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's keep working on it. So that's the most that was the that was the that was actually the hardest thing for me was when to talk to people. I would think also, I mean like you you're And so- it's you know, you ever watch like a football game or any t- and you think, I wonder what it would be like to have one sure. snap of a football or try to hit a yeah. major league pitcher. And though you know you can't do it, you wonder, might I get closer than I could think? But you would probably realize, you know, you hear people go into the, like the NFL and like, oh, the game moves so much faster. Right. And it is amazing. Like when you, when I was directing, it was happening so much faster than so many more decisions right. than I could have ever anticipated and so many more people asking you questions and so many, you just have to keep going Yeah, in a way that I didn't, it's like, wow, it's over. Oh my well, God. And so. it's curious to me because like you, you seem such a naturally inquisitive person. And mm. while it's good to like start a dialogue, you have to answer, you have to be the, the gotta, guy that like just answer. like decides. Yeah. You can't ask a lot of questions. <laughs> when you're directing. There's a time and a place. I guess you can though, but um, that was the best. And working with those actors like Malcolm and yeah. Gael Garcia Bernal, who's really amazing. It's yeah. amazing to watch him work. Uh, he's like, he's the star of our show with actress Lola Kirk. And he's like, he's, um, it's like, have you ever ordered something off a menu and you think you know what it's going to be? And then it gets to me like, this is not what they said it was going to be. And it's better. And it's a hundred times better than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> yeah. That's what he does with every sentence he says in our show. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. It's a good cast, man. You've got oh, there. I, I just saw Lola in the, in the uh, oh, Baumbach Mrs. movie Mrs. too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to see that movie. I had not, I've not had time to see that or any movie, but yeah. Uh, God, I really want to see that movie. It's good stuff. Yeah, I love Noah. He's amazing. Great, great, great filmmaker, of course. Um, I think we did it. Do you okay. feel like we did it? Yeah, did I? Was a yeah. I think we did great. I'm just looking at. What, you know, what? I'm so tired right now <laughs> that I'm looking at a. I'm looking at this. Um, what are you looking at? I'm looking at that you have a. Yeah. E. T. Puppet. Yeah. 
It's not a puppet. It's a doll. E.T. doll and then R2-D2. But I'm so tired that this whole time I thought they were from the same movie. Well, to be fair, I feel like... In a weird way, like they blended... I feel like in E.T. wasn't there... There was Star Wars paraphernalia in E.T. Ah. And he goes, as Yoda. So, remember? True. True. It's okay. True. We've come full circle. We we started by talking about Star Wars off mic. Can't wait. Right? Fuck yeah. (sighs) Kylo. Kylo Red. Kylo Red. Don't fuck with Kylo Ren. What's Oscar Isaac's Poe da- pa- name? Poe Dameron. He's Poe. Great name, right? Poe Dameron. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm going to see it about 12 times in the-, in the theater, so if you want to reserve one of those so we can just hold hands and-, and stare at it. Christmas, yeah. Oh. It's going to be good. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, going to be the ultimate. Are your kids old enough to see a Star Wars movie? Um, I don't think so. Mm. But you can force them to anyway. Just I'm going to Malcolm McDowell. Oh, my fuck. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go to bed. Sorry, guys. All right. Good to see you, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, buddy. Cut. Cut. Get out of my office. And cut. Hey, I'm Stephen Dubner. I'm James Altucher. We both make podcasts. I do one called Freakonomics Radio. And I do one called The James Altucher Show. Very uh, cunning name there. Yes, I'm, um, I admit my narcissism. We've been podcasting a while, but we've never podcasted together. And that's what today represents is the beginning of our first joint project called... Question of the Day. It's not a good name, Question of the Day. It's going to sound kind of like this. What words do you think the English language needs? What words or expressions are missing? What can you teach me now in the next 10 minutes that will be useful for the rest of my life? What is the best way to start an engaging conversation with a stranger? Has your memory suffered when you were in your late 40s? can't remember back to the late 40s. <laughs> are we recording? I don't know, but shouldn't waste good conversation. Yeah, yeah, no. Let's, we're, just conversation. We're, we're recording. Each episode is going to be about 10 minutes long. But 10 of the most action-packed minutes you've ever heard in podcasting. It's a very fortified podcast. It's fortified, kind of like a -a one-a-day vitamin, kind of like question of the day podcast vitamin. So if you're short on time, but long on curiosity, you don't want to miss it. You can find us at Earwolf.com and iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.